Thank you, Father. Amen. I'd now like to bring us our reading, which is from Colossians chapter 3 and verse 18 through to chapter 4 and verse 6. I'm really excited to hear what Dan's going to share with us based on this reading. And I had asked Fee if she'd do it, but she's ill. <laughs> Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and, and do it not only with their, when their eye is on you and to curry favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should, be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations always, sorry, be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Wow, there's so much in that reading, isn't there? Dan. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you and from God. I'm yeah. going to pray for you because I you. think you need it. <laughs> Father, I thank you for Dan. I thank you for his wisdom. I thank you for his leadership. I thank you for his example to us. And this morning I want to pray that you will speak through his words. That you will bring light through new old windows through his words, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Mm. Sam, thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, <clears throat> I was delighted to hear from my wife earlier. Isn't she brilliant? Yeah, yeah I think so, anyway. But um, <clears throat> it's a little bit half-hearted, but <clears throat> I think she's brilliant. <clears throat> and uh, so I said, Tanya, would you be willing to do an all-age talk today? And, you know, most people, when I ask them to do that, they're quite good at getting back to me. My wife is not. Um, she will uh, and then have to chase her and then sit 
you remember I sent you that text a few days ago, would you be willing to do And she said yes, and she said, what's the passage that we're looking at? And I said, well, it's wives submit to your husbands, actually. And she said, you've got to be joking. <laughs> so it does sound um, incongruous. It sounds like, why are we even looking at this um, today in our world where society is so different. Wives submit to your husbands and maybe you checked out, you heard that verse and you thought, well that's me, I'm out of here. I want to get off the bus. Um, but to do so would be to look at that verse out of context. <clears throat> and which is what, sadly, um, people have often done. And then you notice then when it says wives submit to your husbands, it's not talking to the husbands. And so if I say wife submit to me, that's, that's not how it works. He's talking to the, when he's talking to the husbands, he's talking to the husbands. And, you know, um, you can bet your bottom dollar, and I'm saying this with great seriousness, um, that people have used that first verse in that passage to justify an abusive relationship and uh, to encourage a wife to stay in a very dangerous situation. You can bet your bottom dollar that that has happened countless times. Such is the danger of taking a Bible verse out of context and not looking at the whole and not looking at what God's really saying. So, um, this is about honouring each other. This is about treating the people around us. as the incredible image bearers of God that they are. Now, whoever you have standing before you, you might know not a thing about them, but they are created in the image of God. They are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so the call for all of us is to honour those around us and last week we thought a little bit about how important it is to behave in a Christian manner within the Christian community, within church. But we also said that it doesn't matter whether we're sat in church or whether we're sat at home, whether we're sat at the workplace, um, all of it matters to God. And all people matter to God. So these are instructions for the household. For the households. And they need to be seen as a whole. Look at it all in context, the different relationships. If I was to say, children, obey your parents in everything, our children just look at me with baffled. <laughs> what do you mean? And we, we might see that as funny, but, you know, <clears throat> when we look at it all together, this is about honour. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. This isn't erotic love. <laughs> this is agape love. And this is the kind of love which says, I will sacrifice myself on behalf of you. You're that important to me. <laughs> Uh, a contemporary of the Apostle Paul, if they were writing from a pagan point of view, they would have, they wouldn't have even had instructions for the husbands 
or the masters. They say, well, you do what seems right to you, but we give instructions to everybody else. So for the Apostle Paul to even instruct the husbands and the masters with any kind of instruction was actually revolutionary in that society. Submit. <clears throat> Does that mean you're a doormat? Does that mean you do whatever? It's more about respect, actually. And over all of these relationships is the relationship to God, because it is what is fitting in the Lord. Now, if I say, I'm the boss around here, and my word is final, well, who am I accountable to? Paul says exactly that to the masters. You also have a master in heaven. You also are accountable. In societies where they've taken God out of the picture, in a communist country, for example, where they say, well, we don't need any of that religion rubbish. It's just, as Karl Marx said, the opiate of the people. We get rid of it. Well, what happens? You have a human leader who rises to the top and everybody puts them on a pedestal and then they turn into the dictator because they're not accountable to anybody. It's terrifying. You just have to look at Stalin. You just have to look at what happened in Russia. You have to look at North Korea and so on. It's terrifying. A society without accountability to God. But a household where one person runs riot and abuses everybody else is also terrifying. Do what is fitting in the Lord. Do what pleases the Lord. Be accountable to him. God cares. It's about honouring those around us. Fathers. Could say to mothers as well, but actually he does just say it to fathers. Don't embitter your children. You know, sometimes we can say, I want my child to do well, but I kind of got to break them in order for them to do well. You know, I want them to be the best. Oh, I've got great motivation, but they've got to be broken. Let's break this. Don't embitter them. You know, sometimes we set the bar high, say, well done, you did that. Let's set the bar that little bit higher. <laughs> and your children desperately trying to please you. How many times have children grown up and then basically say, all I was trying to do was to try and please my dad. I was trying to please my dad. But I was never quite good enough. Anyone relate to that? Fathers, don't embitter your children. Don't become discouraged. They'll always feel like a failure. Have you ever felt like that yourselves? Maybe your dad said, son, you're a failure. So these relationships work when they're mutual. It works for the child to obey the parents when the father is not embittering them. Children obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Western society, you know, in the 1960s, sexual revolution. And, you know, it's good to challenge things that aren't right. But we've gone to a place where it's all about the individual, and we've gone to a place where we're throwing off, you know, everything in the, in, 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 the, in the name of being free. And I do what I want. 
But what have we ended up with in 2023? Well, we've ended up in a society where we don't just have COVID, but we have a pandemic of loneliness. We've thrown off community, and so people are lonely. That's not God's will. We've also had a huge rise in issues of mental health. Wasn't it Mental Health Awareness Week this week? You know, it might seem funny to say children obey your parents, but you know, young people these days, there's so much anxiety. There's so much depression. Children might have everything materially, but sincerely lacking in security. Now, these are not rules that you can never question, and these are not sort of um, instructions to be used as a stick to beat people with, but these are meant to be helpful structures and guidelines. And it's ultimately about honoring each other, ultimately about seeing that the person in front of me is loved by God. The previous passage, Paul has said, there is no slave or free. In the congregation, there were masters and slaves. And actually, Paul says, in Christ, there's no slave or free. And some people have been frustrated. Why didn't Paul write in his letters that we needed to abolish slavery? He acknowledged the world as it was. Now, we have the legacy of one of the greatest horrors against humanity of all time, which is the transatlantic slave trade. And we have that understanding of slavery. But slavery in this context, I'm not saying it was all great, but often slaves would be, would, they were part of the household. And it was just how things were. My father-in-law was brought up in Sri Lanka and they had servants in the household. Am I right? <laughs> They did. And we don't. We have dishwashers and washing machines. <laughs> you might pay a cleaner to come in, or you might not. <laughs> but they did. They had household servants in this ancient world. And the instructions for masters, the instructions for slaves, can also be applied to the workplace really well. Don't just work hard because the boss turns up. Look busy. I've got to look like I'm doing something because the boss is here today. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, working for the Lord, not just for human masters. You're working ultimately for God. Do you ever feel in the workplace, well, what am I doing? My boss doesn't appreciate me. God sees what we do. God values your work. Sometimes we can feel that no one sees me, but God sees us and really values the things we do and how we do them. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair. There is no favoritism, and we are all accountable to God. So all these are just practical things. What do you think? Is anyone going to lynch me after this service? Yeah. <laughs> Did I get away with it? 
I don't know, it's silence. I know that some cultures today, outside of the West, will just look at the West and say, wow, how society has changed. And we might not get everything wrong, but we certainly don't get everything right. Let's learn what we can from God's Word. Devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer. I was hearing this week someone talking about how he would fold his laundry with an attitude of prayer. He's just doing the laundry and sensing God's presence with him. Do you ever do that when you fold your clothes? When you wash your socks? Devote yourselves to prayer. Doesn't mean you have to come to a prayer meeting, though we'd love to see you. Doesn't mean you have to have an hour-long quiet time in the morning, but you, know, you can do that. Devote yourselves to prayer. It's a lifestyle of prayer. I'm often challenged, am I too busy to pray? Sometimes I find it helpful to set a timer on my phone. Set a timer because otherwise my mind goes all over the shop. If I set a timer for just five minutes, I'm going to pray for five minutes. When the timer goes off, I know it's the end of five minutes. But I'm going to pray. And if my mind goes off, that's okay. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm going to just gently come back to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer. It's the biggest battle of all. Be watchful, be thankful. And the Apostle Paul, big leader as he was, he says, pray for me, pray for us. But he wasn't praying that God would just keep him safe. He was praying that God would open a door because he wanted more possibilities, more opportunities to share the gospel. He was a bold leader. He was in chains because he preached the gospel, but he says, I want more opportunities. And he also says, you too can pray that you'll have opportunities. Now, does anyone like a Bible basher? Do you like it when someone bashes you over the head with the Bible? <laughs> Probably not. And uh, Christians like that don't always give God a great reputation. But the advice here is amazing. It says, let your conversation be always full of grace. So whoever's in front of you, and it might be a family member, it might be a work colleague, it might be a friend, it might be someone you've just met. Let your conversation be full of grace. Now how do you do that? You've got to know God's grace yourself. You've got to be full of his grace already. What comes out of our mouths comes out of the overflow of our heart. The only way for my conversation to be full of grace is for me to be full of grace. The only way I can do that is to know that that's what I stand on today. Not on my own striving, efforts and achievements, but I stand on the grace of God. Let your conversation be full of grace. And season with salt. Not sugar, but salt. Salt makes things tasty. 
Sugar, well, we know what that does, rots your teeth. Although I do like a bit of sugar. So that you may be able to give an answer to everybody. You might say, I'm not a big evangelist. I don't stand on the street corners. That's fine. But be ready. Be watchful. Because you are the Bible that other people are reading. You are the face of Jesus to other people. And God is calling you to represent him, to be him in your sphere of influence. When you're full of grace, that's possible. When you know you're not trying to prove anything or impress anybody, you know that's possible. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. We pray for wisdom in this church. As people come into the cafe here, we pray for wisdom. We want to make the most of every opportunity. People matter to God. Your people matter to God. They might drive you nuts sometimes, but they matter to God. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. And I want to thank you above all that you are here. Lord, and you are speaking to our hearts. Lord, help us to be those who treat one another with honor and love and respect. Lord, thank you that you have a heart for family. A heart that it functions under your lordship. Lord, would you be Lord in my family? Would you be the Lord of our time together? God, I thank you for what you're doing. And right now, I just, just speak blessing over all my brothers and sisters here. That they and I may know your grace. That we might know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that we are in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless you, Father. Praise you. Hallelujah. Worship you, Lord. Just encourage you to give your heart to now, to God now. Just to worship Him. In fact, if you're able, I'd love you to stand with me. Can you do that? Thank you. So, God is here. God is here. And we know from a Bible passage like this that people matter to, to God. And we know from that that you matter to God. And so we're standing in his presence right now. Would you baptize your people afresh with the love of Jesus? Lord, I thank you that your love is a love that pushes outwards and that your love compels us. 
Lord, may we be overflowing with your love today. Come, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. And we want to acknowledge your Lordship in this church. Jesus. There is no other name by which we're saved. There is no name higher than the name of Jesus. Jesus. His name is power. His name is love. His name is truth. And the truth will set you free. Mm. I thank you that we stand in your grace. Lord, we confess our sins to you. Where we've not lived up to the standards of your word, where we haven't loved, where we've been critical, where I've been critical and judgmental, Lord, have mercy. But move in your power today, Lord. I thank you that we don't stand by our efforts, but we stand in the grace that you've given us through your son Jesus at the cross. Hallelujah. We give glory to God today. I praise you for the things you're doing. I praise you for the things you're doing in our workplaces. That you called Sam into his workplace. And that you anointed him and blessed him for his meeting this week. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord, for the memory cafe in this church. And that you are speaking through that. Hallelujah. I want to thank you for so many other things. We just acknowledge your presence now. Come, Holy Spirit. He is mighty to save. You ever been in an impossible situation? It's not impossible for God. Nothing's impossible for Jesus. Hallelujah. A situation that has gone on for decades, Jesus can sort out in a moment. Such is his power. Hallelujah. We give glory to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe we can, can you come, Kemrick, and um, maybe just play quietly for a little moment? I <coughs> um, can't remember when you've got a song, but just a few, a few chords just to start with. And we're just acknowledging God's presence here today. He's greater. He is stronger. He is able. God is able. Give yourself to him today.
It's not a question of you pursuing God. He is pursuing you. And he's eager for you to come to him this morning. And he loves you. He loves you. No matter what you've done or what you haven't done, he loves you. But just know you are loved today.